Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to The Art of Kindness, where we have compassionate conversations with artists from all areas of the entertainment industry who are using their voice to spread joy and make this big spinning planet in the sky a better place to be. I'm Robert Peter Paul, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, friends. I'm so excited to be back with y'all today. Y'all, am I Southern? Can you believe it's September already? As the winds of change blow in and seasons shift, I know it can be a tough time of year for people. Personally, I love the fall season. You know I've been drinking pumpkin iced coffees and asking for the leaves to change colors for over a month now at least. I have to remind myself, though, that summer is still here. It's technically not over until September 22nd. Did you know that? Do you remember the 21st night of September? Sorry. It's the 22nd, not the 21st anyway. We're going to help close out summer on a nautical note with today's guest. A lot of the incredible work he does gets more spotlight in the summer because it has to do with oceans and beaches. Well, you'll see. Today I am talking with the actor Ronan Rubinstein. Doesn't that just sound like a leading man name? Alliteration at its finest. You'll recognize Ronan from his starring role in Ryan Murphy's series, 911 Lone Star, where he plays TK, the son of Rob Lowe's character. It's a pretty groundbreaking role for network TV. Playing TK, an openly gay fireman, on the show inspired Ronan in his own life, which we talk about. We also discuss the fantastic work he's doing to bring awareness to issues surrounding the ocean as ambassador for the Ocean Cleanup, a nonprofit that's developing advanced technologies to rid the world's oceans of plastics, and for Project Zero, which aims to raise global awareness and protect at least 30% of the ocean by 2030. Fun fact, Ronan even drives a hydrogen car, which I totally did not know was a thing, but I'm going to need him to hook me up with one ASAP. (laughs) Ronan has a lot of interesting things to say about a variety of topics, and it was such a pleasure to listen to him and learn. So I hope y'all do the same. Whoops, I totally just said y'all again. Without further ado, please welcome Ronan Rubenstein. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'm I'm excited to do this, man. I uh, I like I like the topic very much, and and I'm I'm flattered because this is a brand new podcast. So thanks for having me as one of the first guests. Well, first of all, how are you at taking compliments? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm ha- half and half. I I I like giving compliments. I think more than receiving them. But you know, with sort of this fan base that I've been. Um, very, very, very lucky to to have. Um, it's a lot of compliments, and it's a lot of um, a lot of extremely sweet. Um, you know, whether it's comments, videos, uh, photos, gifs. I mean, you name it. So it's been it's been two years of compliments. So I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to enjoy them and, and take them in. And and um, yeah, but I you know 
I, I get I get a little shy about it sometimes, but these people are just so lovely and, and sweet. So I um I can't I can't complain. Two years of compliments. May we all have that. That sounds so beautiful. <laughs> I wish that for everyone. <laughs> I like to ask that question because I'm about to lay it on thick and give you a compliment. I won't make it too long and drag it out and make you nervous, but I just want to thank you for being your authentic self and for always giving back in addition to that. So I'm, I'm just in awe of the work you do both on set and on the sand with the ocean. And I want to talk about all that. But first, I would love to know as someone who just like radiates kindness, what is your definition of kindness? Man. Yeah, I think it's just looking at people as as people. Yeah. You know, no judgment, just no negativity. You know, just giving everybody a fair shot. And then, you know, I always say it feels better and it's easier to be kind than to be, you know, shitty or or negative or or mean. Being mean takes way more energy than being yeah. kind. And it feels good to be kind, um, especially if it's you know returned. And, you know, I think a big thing is if you just put out kindness and positivity without expecting anything back, it sort of just finds its way back naturally, you know, and I think people react better to kindness and positivity. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a very difficult sort of path of trying to get really important and, and controversial messages across to people. And what I've learned over the years, you know, whether it's talking about climate change or racial equality or social equality, or uh, I mean, you know, if you're if you're trying to take on saving the world, it's not a very easy task. So I've sort of figured out that the best way to get across to people, especially people that may not necessarily think the same way I do, is to do it in, in you know, in a way of kindness and positivity, because I don't think people react well to somebody wagging their finger in their face and telling them you are wrong, you are bad. No. I don't think people react well to that. But if you try to sort of take it from an angle of kindness and positivity and make them, you know, almost see a different perspective without yelling at them or without, you know, being like, you should do this. Mm. I find that that works much better. And then you're able to get more people on board and, and get more people to think, you know, in a different way and maybe see, you know, oh, wow. I think there is a point here, whether it's any of those topics, I think that method works best um, because, you know, it is difficult conversations, it's difficult topics. And, you know, we still have people out there that don't believe in climate change. There's still people out there that don't believe that there's racism in America. And it's Mm -hmm. sort of like, how do you get across to those people? You know, because it's much easier to be like, well, forget those people. We don't need them, you know, but it's like, if we really want to get somewhere, we're going to need everybody on board. And I think that's a big part of kindness. And I think kindness is a very powerful weapon. And, um, you know, I think we all should be using it. It is. Yeah. It's such a powerful practice. And I I love that response because it seems like you're truly using kindness to change the world, which Mm -hmm. unfortunately we do have to change it a lot. Exactly what you're saying is true. I mean, the people that we need to reach are the ones we don't agree with. And unfortunately with social media and, you know, all this divisiveness in our country, it's so hard to do that right now because no one's listening to each other. So to take a step back and be empathetic and truly listen is a really smart approach. Have you always had that? You know, did that start growing up? Was there a role model or maybe a moment of kindness that stands out to you as like truly changing your mindset? Or do you just feel like this is always who you've been? I mean, you know, I grew up in a super loving family, you know, um, you know, obviously we, we had our rough times, but you know, my mom is like 
She's like the definition of mama bear. Yeah. And, you know, I was pretty much raised by my grandma, my mom, and my sister. You know, my dad always worked. And, um, you know, and even my dad, when I was, you know, a kid, he was, you know, he was Papa Bear. So I always sort of had that in my life, you know, just like kindness and love and, and, and affection and, 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 and being just nice to each other. And then, you know, I, I think as I started growing up, especially in America, because, you know, I came, I came to America as an immigrant. So I think mm-hmm. learning just how to, how to be was, you know, was really difficult. And I found, I guess, and subconsciously, it was like, well, if I'm nice to other kids, maybe they'll be nice to me. Um, or else I get you know, in a fight, which yeah. many so <laughs> it's I, a different I, podcast, <laughs> yeah, different podcast. So I, I think that just sort of something that was, you know, instilled in me. And then, you know, as I, as I grew up, I was always like the, the nice, like bad boy when, when the rest of my friends were like kind of troublemakers, I was a troublemaker, but I'd always be like the nice guy or the <laughs> nice guy. And, and, you know, that's just something that I, I held on to. And then obviously, you know, with, with like inspirations of like, you know, whether it's Kobe or whether it's, you know, music that I listen to, it's like, they, they usually come off really kind and, and, and positive. And I just, again, it just, it just feels better. It just feels better and it's easier to be kind. Yeah. Trust me, I'm not always kind. There's some people that I, I don't know if I'd be able to be kind to Yeah, because they just don't deserve it. But, you know, I, I for, for the most part, I, I do try to practice that at all times. And, you know, I also were, was raised with animals and I think mm. having animals is, is, I would recommend two dogs per person. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, I need a dog right now. We are the or cats, whatever, whatever you want. I think just yeah. having these innocent, like naturally good creatures around you at all times. I think that also will, will let you practice kindness and, and just being a good person. Cause I, I don't know if you know from like my social media, my, I'm obsessed with my dogs that I, yeah. I truly consider them my children. So it's like, <laughs> Yeah, so all of that, I think, together. They are, they are. I think all that together sort of culminates into what I practice today. I think that's actually great advice. Get a pet, everybody. If you don't have a pet, get one. So they have a friend. Mm, That's even better. I'm trying to get a dog right now. We got a hamster at the beginning of quarantine. We kind of looked at each other and we were like, we're gonna need a pet if we're stuck inside. And so we ran to Petco and we got a hamster, which is like my my mini dog. You gotta be be nice and sweet to the hamster. They're they're really cute. Is this like these sentient beings that just rely on us? And there's none of that bullshit like we were touching no. on, you know, to get in the way. And I don't at, know. at the core, I like to think yeah. most people would help someone regardless of what they believe. So yeah, and I, I think, think negativity and 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 being a shitty person is all taught. I think mm. I, I I'm a big believer in this. Um, you know, I, I think all these negative things that we're experiencing right now and seeing in the world, all that is taught. Mm. Know, or or it's they were inspired by somebody you know nobody's born racist or you know misogynistic or homophobic like somebody had to tell them hey that's bad you should not you know you should not take part in that mm-hmm. uh, i think we're all very much puppies when we're little yeah. and then the same i use this this metaphor all the time you can you can teach a pit bull or any dog to be a fighter but then you could teach like my pit bull fresh to be literally a living teddy bear, you know, mm-hmm. and I think, I think the same goes for humans. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's why it's so important to have these conversations, especially with a lot of younger people that are going to watch this 
and, and follow a lot of my stuff is that I don't want them to grow up believing all this really negative, horrible stuff, because I'm sure, you know, a lot of them have that influence around them. And it's, mm-hmm. it's there's just no, there's just no point for, no. for that. Yeah, there's no room for negativity. And if you find yourself in a position where people are saying you're putting out negative stuff, you have to take a look at yourself because it's all about that person. If someone's throwing hate at you, it's not about you. It's about them and what they're going through and what they've been taught, like you said. So I think that's exactly right. We all need to take a look at ourselves and and really do the work. And and I truly believe, man, it's like I've been doing this activism thing for you know, almost six years now. And you know, you learn and uh, look, I'm not, I'm not perfect either. But I mean, I think the thing that I, I've learned the most is even when you're fighting for really good causes, if you approach it with a negative sort of angry attitude, it, it's not going to work as well. You know, mm-hmm. if you go from it with a educational and, and, and positive perspective, because again, it's like people have a hard time listening to people if they're just going to yell at them. And even if you're fighting for something really good, you've got to find that sweet spot, you know, like, how do you get your point across? How do you, you know, still come off educational and positive? And, you know, that's something that I take great pride in, you know, and sometimes, my God, do I not want to be like that? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Again, that's that there's, it's not really productive to Mm -hmm. do that. You know, how do you teach someone? Or how do you how do you show them a different perspective? instead of just yelling at them. And I think that's something that a lot of people who are trying to, you know, do this activism thing. I think they should Mm. really try to take a look at themselves about like, how can we do this, you know, in a different way? Because you're not going to, you're not going to get your message across to as many people as as you should be. No. And I love that you just brought up teaching too. And and you also mentioned Kobe. I was wondering for you, as you've progressed in your career, you've also been fortunate to work with so many incredible creative people. Who is someone that you've either always looked up to for the way they conduct themselves or that you've just seen on a set and, and you've tried to emulate or, or that you just admire? Man, you know, there's definitely been directors that I've come across that I just love how they handle a set. And I see sort of, you know, how actors react to it. And a lot of the time it's, you don't really have to say much. It's, you just lead by example. But I mean, obviously the biggest one is Kobe. You know, I think his, just this unrelenting passion and, and, and determination to be the best that he could possibly be while also chasing the greatest of all time, which is Michael Jordan. I think that's something that I've, I've taken great pride in. And, and I think the biggest word that always jumps out to me when I talk about this is discipline. You know, if, if you're going to be an actor and, and if you're going to take this seriously, you're going to need discipline. The circumstances, the sort of the situations that we're thrown into, it's like, if you don't have discipline, I think you're going to crumble, whether it's the hours or, or the or the actual, the actual content that we're, you know, trying to portray. It's intense, man. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I always refer to actors somewhat as athletes, especially if you're shooting, you know, seven, eight, nine months, you know, it's like a, it's like a full season. You yeah. know what I mean? If you don't have that self-discipline, unless you have an incredible, like, you know, role model with you or, or somebody on set, like you're pretty much doing it by yourself. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and I, I just think he was just locked in. You know, I feel very much like when I'm on set or I'm in, I call it in work mode, I'm very much locked in. You know, I'm, I'm very hard to shake. Yeah. And I, I take that completely from playing sports my whole life. I take that from Kobe. And, you know, I really do look at actors as athletes and, and you need that sort of longevity and that discipline and that, you know, repetition and, and, and all those things that make an athlete great, I think 
can make an actor great as well. And, you know, and I have my, my people that, you know, I always chase and I always look up to, and, you know, I think Kobe did the same thing and it's just something really productive to like, just continue to look ahead and, you know, have goals and, and, and have, you know, a, a lot of things that you want to accomplish. And, you know, I want to win five championships, you know, whatever that, yeah. means, <laughs> whatever that means in, in acting terms. Um, you know, I just, I just want to be as, as great as I could possibly be. And then, you know, just do really good work. And I, I think you could, again, translate that to sports and to, you know, music and art and anything. I think just, you know, just being the greatest version of yourself and striving to be better every day is literally his, you know, his mantra. So yeah, yeah you know, he's the, the biggest influence on me for sure. I know for me as an actor, and I've talked about this a lot with people on the podcast who are like leaps ahead of me, who's like hustling out here auditioning, but we talk about this all the time. It's so hard with rejection, not to get down on yourself. Do you feel like having that focus and, and just constantly looking, keeping your eye on the prize, I guess, for lack of a better term is what helps you not, you know, deteriorate and, and self-destruct, or is that something you still deal with? Man, I mean, there's been some, there's been times where I'm literally broke and I'm like, I will take any fucking job period, yeah. you know, and it's hard, you know, it's easier said than done of like, just staying positive and just be like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll book a job, I'll book a job, you know, after six, eight, 10 months of not working, you're like, oh my God, like what is going to happen, you know? And it, and it becomes a very scary place to be. And I, I, I'm sure most actors have that feeling. I think the actual percentage of like working actors, I think it's like two point something percent. Oh yeah. Which, it's so small, which is terrifying. You know, so it's like that means 98% of actors aren't working and are experiencing this sort of like this world of like rejection and, and what are we going to do? When's our next job going to come? When's our next paycheck going to come? So, yeah, it's a very scary place to, to be in. But I think you have to have this like blind stubbornness and, and self, you know, belief, because at the end of the day, nobody else is going to have that. You know, it's like mm -hmm. you have to believe in yourself all the way before other people start believing in you you know, and before other start people, before other people start seeing you as, you know, as a, as a hireable actor, you know, it's, yeah. it's because at the end of the day, it's still a business and, and it's, you know, it's a crazy business to be in. But, you know, I think at, in the beginning, you do need to have that like blind determination and, and, and stubbornness of like, I'm going to work. I'm going to do good work. I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing, you know, yeah. You know, but in the meantime, don't just like believe in that and do nothing <laughs> and know. sit on your couch. Yeah, you got to yeah, do the work and, and do nothing to to better yourself as an actor and as a human and, you know, all those things. So it's like it's definitely both. You know, it's like what's the saying? Like prepar preparation meets opportunity. That's so funny. So many people are saying that on this podcast, which I think should really hit it home for listeners, because, yeah, it's true. If, if you weren't, you know, grinding, even if, if, even if it didn't mean that you were technically working on a set, if you weren't grinding, you know, all that time that you're not working and then that big project comes along, you know what I mean? Like for me, for example, it was like a 911 Lone Star. You know, yeah. if I was grinding off screen and trying to be a better actor, you know, just overloading myself with, you know, whether it's movies and, and technique and all this shit, it's like if I wasn't ready for that opportunity, I would have never gotten that part. You know what I mean? And, and it's like, you have to be ready because at any moment, the beauty of what we do at any moment, it could be the job. Yes. And that's what's crazy about what we do. You cannot work for 10 months. And then all of a sudden, for example, a 911 Lone Star comes around and then your whole life changes literally in the, in the blink of an eye. Yeah. And, you know, it, it really is preparation meets opportunity. I believe in that very much. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. Did you know honeybees are responsible for more than 35% of the foods we eat and the honey we enjoy? And yet they face challenges year after year. September is National Honey Month, and to celebrate, my friends at the National Honey Board have launched Honey Saves Hives. They've partnered with several U.S. food and beverage companies who will each make a donation to Project Apisum, the largest honeybee nonprofit in the country. This September, when you purchase select Made with Honey products from participating brands, you can help save honeybees. Participating companies include Companion Baking, Justin's, Lost Cause Meadery, Miele Water, and Purely Elizabeth. All you have to do is buy one of their delicious Made with Honey products. It's as simple as that. So please join me in helping to save the honeybees this month by participating in the Honey Saves Hives program. Visit HoneySavesHives.com for more information. That's HoneySavesHives.com. Thanks, honeys. And I loved so much reading about how the work on 911 Lone Star helped you in your real life and it helped you come out. Do you remember the moment that you knew it it was time to come out? Was it reading the script? Like, was there like a a switch? I I think I thought about it season one, but you know, to be completely honest, I didn't want to come out and then take a lot of the attention away from what the show was doing mm-hmm. and how important the show was and like being super inclusive and having literally like historic characters and historic actors on the show. And I just didn't want to really pull that attention away from, you know, all the incredible things that Lone Star did season one, you know, whether it's Brian Michael Smith, whether it's you know, it's Natasha, you know, like their characters are literally historic for, for network series regulars, you know, and again, you know, being in a Ryan Murphy world, it's like the, the, the content and the characters are so important and, and they're so much bigger than at that time, what I thought was, was my sort of uh, story. And I just didn't want to pull any attention away because I, I truly understood how important Lone Star was for television, for for network television, for people all over the world that have literally never seen this kind of stuff on, you know, on one of your common channels. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I thought about it, but then I was like, you know what, the time will come. I, you know, and, and I think the thing that I I say the most to people is do not rush yourself. Do not put, you know, um, a, a clock on it. Like when it feels right, when you feel comfortable, fully comfortable, when you feel fully safe, um, you know, especially if you have people around you that you can be comfortable with because, you know, coming out to the world is fucking scary. I'm not going to lie. So then when season two came around and, you know, I, I had a lot of time to think about it. And, you know, I've, again, I've spoken to at this point, probably, you know, tens of thousands of people from the LGBTQ community from all over the world too. And most of them are kids. I think that was the biggest part of like, like these kids are sharing the most intimate terrifying stuff with pretty much a stranger, you know, just somebody that they see on television. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I see what the show and what the character is doing for them, you know? And I was like, well, if I share my truth with them, it could only help them more, you know, and it could only help maybe the community even more because I have a large platform and a large voice. And it's like, maybe it's, it's more productive of me not hiding it anymore. You know, and, and it surely seems to be like that was the right decision. You know, I'm able to really like talk about it more and, and fight for the LGBTQ community. It's one more thing for me to fight for and, and you know, have an actual personal and authentic story to share with the world because I know that it's going to help people and I know that it's helping people 
you know, from the moment that article dropped, you know, mm-hmm. it's whether people coming out to their parents or people just having conversations with their parents or their loved ones. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that I take away from it is it, it's, it's definitely not just kids anymore. You know, it's, mm. it's grown men in their fifties or grown women in their fifties and sixties and forties and thirties. And that's the part of it that boggles my mind is that it really does reach everyone. I just forever grateful for the sort of situation that I was placed in because it yeah. really did give me the confidence. And you know, I always say like the world was in a perfect place. And if, there still wasn't a bill being passed every fucking month to like, you know, whether it's taking away healthcare or, or just not letting people work because of who they are. It's like, I would probably be private to be completely honest. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. very much a private person when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I don't know if I would have necessarily shared my story with the whole world because it is scary, man, but that's not, that's not the case. And, and, and we need everybody to, you know, to share their story in order to make the world a better place, especially the LGBTQ community who's been oppressed since the very beginning. You know, we've come a long way, but there's still so much work to do in our very own country. And I'm not even talking about other countries where it's still illegal to get married. I mean, like, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? I think it's extremely important to share our stories. And that's why just seeing 2021, how many people have finally come out? You know, we have the first openly gay NFL player. I mean, that's incredible because how many athletes, especially football like are probably hiding that they're you know gay or bisexual or or whatever you know because it's such a taboo sport to be gay or lesbian or transgender and it's you know it's time for that to change and i think he's so fucking brave for doing that um, oh yeah that know, was amazing it was nice to see that the response was very positive was and, and you're still getting those positive responses i mean just in prepping for this and scrolling through like stalking your instagram people are still commenting <laughs> the comments yeah. are yeah. People are still commenting and thank you. Two years of compliments. I think it's going to keep going. I literally read every single, every single comment, like a crazy person. And <laughs> you know, it gives me, I think for me, it gives me an opportunity to like actually connect with the fans and, and to see like the human side of them. And, you know, just curious to see what they say. And, you know, I simply like their comments and, you know, I, I know it's such a, it's a, such a big deal for them because they feel seen when, I think a big issue that I have with celebrity culture is I think a lot of these celebrities, especially younger celebrities, they see followers as just a number. Mm-hmm. And I think they forget there's humans on the other side of that phone or computer screen, you know? And yeah. A lot of them are like young people that need help and need somebody. I think they're literally yelling out for somebody to see them. And I think what what's really sad is that when these people have, you know, millions or tens of millions of people that look up to them and they see them strictly as a number, it's really sad it's something that i will never do and i strongly believe against it and yeah you know it's i get to read their comments and get to see sort of the immediate effect of what i'm doing you know i think that's the beauty of social media and also you know not to mention it lets me get rid of a lot of shitty negative just ignorant gross comments and i always say the the power of the block button is it's (laughs) a beautiful thing man and it's it's a way to filter out, you know, these people that it's just like, I don't want you to follow me, to be completely honest. You know, I don't want you to be a part of what I'm doing, what we're doing together. And, you know, I have a very strict no hate zone when it comes to my social I love that. And the fans love that, you know, and they always hashtag no hate zone. And so it's just a way for me to connect even deeper with them. And it's, it's, it's amazing. 
That's incredible. And I love how you use your platform to push out such wonderful things to people, you know, whether it's your work with the ocean cleanup and Project Zero. Can you talk to me about when your love for the ocean started? Like, how did you get involved specifically with this cause? My love for the ocean was always there. You know, I, I was born in Israel yeah. and lived there until I was five. So, you know, we were going to the beach all the time. Subconsciously, the ocean was, you know, a, a major part of my life, um, especially in Israel where it's super hot. Like you were always on the beach, swimming in the ocean, being on the beach, that whole environment, that whole, you know, experience. That's just something that I, I grew up with. And then in Staten Island, New York, we always lived very close to the water like literally walking distance. And then, you know, in 2012, all the boroughs in New York got destroyed by Hurricane Sandy. And, you know, I lost my house. We lost, I mean, we literally lost every physical thing you can imagine. I also almost lost my parents because they were stuck in the storm. I got out like 24 hours before. Um, I'm sorry. our, Our entire house, our entire neighborhood was submerged underwater for three days. And, you know, it's something that I still can't quite like even believe it happened, especially to mm. see a person and to be in it. Um, you know, I, I saw firsthand the power of the ocean and what happens when the ocean is not happy and when the planet's not happy. And, you know, it's completely man-made, like the negative effect on the planet is, is man-made, I should say. And uh, so I think that sort of caught my attention, obviously. And then I started, you know, slightly learning about like, what is like, why is this happening? Like, what is even climate change? Like, what is this global warming thing that people are talking about? You know, this is in 2012. I just turned, I think, 19. I remember as if it was yesterday, we did not celebrate my birthday that year because there was nothing to celebrate. It was a very dark time. We were living, literally living off the Red Cross and like eating from the Red Cross. And it's like, it was gnarly. Um, But then you know, 2016 came around and I saw Before the Flood, which is Leo's documentary on Nat Geo. And dude, literally as if it was like all the stars aligned, everything clicked for me. I remember again, as if it was yesterday, watching that documentary and be like, holy shit, Mm. this is my purpose. First of all, he's one of my favorite actors and I I respect him at the highest level as an actor. But then I learned about what he's doing as an activist and as an environmentalist. And I had no idea to be completely honest. I had no idea. The fact that he's, you know, sitting down with Bill Clinton at like the age of 21 after coming off Titanic. And like, that's what he's dedicating his time and energy on. I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like, look what he's doing. You know, Mm -hmm. like if he could do that, like why isn't everybody else doing it? It also happened to be when my first show aired, it was called dead of summer. So I, for the first time ever had somewhat of a platform to talk about these things. And that's when it all clicked. And, you know, I I found out that the ocean is our biggest ally when it comes to climate change. And, you know, it also covers most of the planet. So it's like, if we can protect and save the ocean, we can get a really good handle on global warming. And, you know, that's where Project Zero comes along. That's where ocean cleanup comes along. And, you know, it's just like the ocean is the most important weapon that we have. We should all be taking care of it. It's so true. I mean, like you, I grew up always by the water. I was a lifeguard growing up at the Jersey Shore, which is a different story, but we used to do like little beach cleanups and and that kind of thing. What would you say for people out there listening, 
is just an easy way for them to immediately take action, especially when there's so many things people want to do right now and so many causes people support. Do you have you know any go-to actions people can take? Because we all love the ocean. We all have to make this better. I think you know it's it's two things. It's like you can you can clean up beaches and you can do that, but I think until the actual the source of where all this garbage and pollution is getting into the ocean, I, I don't think anything will get fixed. So you know it's. I would say just educate yourself on what it is that's ending up in the oceans. Um, and, you know, for me, the biggest thing I always see is styrofoam and plastic. It's as stereotypical as you could get. It's, but it's true. It's like 99% of what washes up on the beach. It's styrofoam and plastic and it drives me nuts, you know? Yeah. So it's like if you want to get involved with organizations that, you know, battle plastic pollution or styrofoam pollution, do a lot of research and find organizations that take part in that, you know, and, like Project Zero, their whole thing is creating ocean sanctuaries, which are essentially the same concept as, you know, forests that are protected by the government. So we have all these forests that are protected by the government, but we barely have any parts of the ocean that are protected by the government. So, you know, I think the more we start educating ourselves in that and getting involved with groups like that, I think we can make a huge difference. You could donate or you could you could get your hands dirty. You know, I I like very much both, you know, and if you're not able to donate, I suggest trying to get your hands dirty, you know, maybe work with a company or maybe, you know, major in something in school. You could be a marine biologist, you know, you could do something amazing where you're actually boots on the ground, mm -hmm. in the ocean, saving the ocean. And, and then again, I think for fun, you know, if you're at a beach, just bring a recycling bag just for fun. And, you know, if you see any garbage around, just pick it up and you'll feel better. And, you know, I, I guarantee you that mother nature will really appreciate it as well. But yeah, you can do any of those things or do all of those things at once. Yes. Do them all, do them all. I, I love that. That's everything you're saying is amazing. And is, is it true you drive a hydrogen car? He does not just talk the talk. He walks the walk. Like that is, been, I don't think I've even heard of that. I've been driving a hydrogen car since 2019. My house has been solar paneled since 20. 18. So, you know, you, you can take those big moves, you know, obviously it's like solar panels in California, there's all these amazing incentives. So it doesn't become actually like super expensive. Hydrogen cars are now available, mm. fortunately only in California, but you know, the plan is to move East, um, you know, so there's Hyundai, Toyota and Honda. So yeah, you could, you could do a lot to make a big difference, but I just, I just went all the way because, you know, it's, you could also be vegan and, you know, you could, you could really go all the way, practice what you preach. Because um, mm. before my my hydrogen car, I had a very fast gas guzzling sports car, and I thought to myself, I said, <laughs> I can't, I can't be doing this and driving this thing. So I, uh, I completely changed my lifestyle and, and very much practicing what I preach. That, so you, that's you amazing. Take the extreme and and do all those things. So yeah, yeah. If you believe in it, and you're an example of that. Okay, Ronan, it is time for a surprise game. Are you down? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So basically, this is called the compliment game because I haven't given you enough of those already. I will not be giving them though. I reached out to someone in your life for a compliment about you. Oh, I'm going to read it to you and you have to guess who said it. We'll say you get three yes or no questions. Not that I really know any of the answers. And I'll give you two guesses. Everyone's beautiful in their own way. It's the compliment game on the AOK. Okay. It's the compliment, compliment, compliment game. So whenever you're ready, I'll read you your quote. It's pretty good. Okay. It's, I think it's going to be pretty easy. 
When I'm in a scene with Ronan, I feel supported and really seen. He loves the make-believe and magic of even the smallest moments. Working with him makes me feel like I'm a kid playing with my friend. That's all I ever want out of acting, to work with people who dance in the magic. Oh, and isn't he a cutie? That's it. Huh. <laughs> and isn't he a cutie? Mm, I feel like that's telling. Maybe. Are they on the show? Yes. Boy or girl? Girl. Mm. So I think it's either... Oh, yeah. So, so how do I answer this? <laughs> you just say a name. I'll tell you if it's right. Is it Brianna? Yes. Brianna Baker. Nice. Yes. You nailed that. Because I, I, uh, as soon as you said, isn't he a cutie? I was like, Rafa wouldn't say that. <laughs> I tried to reach out to him. It's, it gets harder when you're just doing creepy DMs. And then when you reach out to publicists, that's even harder. Sometimes you don't get an answer. So I did try with a bunch of people. But she got right back to me and she was like super pumped. So thank you, Brianna. That's amazing. That's such a lovely compliment. That's like the greatest compliment you could give an actor. Yes. Yeah. That you live in the magic. Cool. You, you, got a lot of, you got a lot of elements of magic. Just to wrap things up, would you mind leaving us with a kindness tip, either a specific way to be kinder to yourself or to other people? So one example I've given is that sometimes I like to start my day with a talk not like a TikTok, but like a text of kindness. So I'll just pick a random person in my phone book and just be like, Hey, I love your laugh. I mean, it's not that creepy, but like, you know, something nice. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Maybe it's creepy. They never answer me back now that I think about it. No, <laughs> but if you have anything like that, that you could share that might be helpful to our listeners, that'd be awesome. Well, I think a big thing that I've been telling people a lot, you know, whether it's like through conventions or cameos, it's take the time to be kind and gentle to yourself first, you know, especially with the year that we just had, it's been like, literally uh, a ticking time bomb and the pressure has been the highest probably ever. So I think if you take the time to just be gentle and, and kind to yourself and, and patient with yourself, I think, I think that's probably the most crucial part of it is just being patient with yourself and, you know, yeah. not putting all this pressure on yourself and, 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 you know, like you, you can strive to be better every day, but you know, just don't overload yourself or don't overwork yourself and, and, if one of these days you just feel like, you know, just being lazy or, you know, you don't want to do much, like just listen to your body, just be kind to yourself. And, and, and then I think that helps you practice being kind to other people. Yeah, I love that. That's so important. You can't give from an empty cup. And honestly, you must have a full cup because you give so much. I mean, reading about you and, and you know, just following you is crazy. All the stuff you I do. So. Gallons. I got gallons of kindness. While he was drinking a big Evian bottle throughout this whole thing. Sorry, it was it's big. From, it's from my water. <laughs> yeah. That, and that wasn't a plug, although they can pay me. I don't care. I'll take it. But thank you. That was amazing. Look at that. Let's put it out there. The only water company that's carbon neutral. Oh, I didn't know that. So their water is really good for you, but they're carbon neutral. And that's like the biggest. That's amazing. It's worth the extra bucks. Yeah, for sure. But thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Oh, and man. yeah, I, I look forward to seeing what you do next. Well, you will. <laughs> I will try to see it with my yeah. eyes. All right. All right. I'm the worst at ending Zooms, honestly. I think my podcast no, should just no, be called awkward. It, it was super lovely. It was just really easy. People need kindness more than ever right now. So I'm, I'm glad this is, your, this is your theme. So thank you, bro. Uh, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. And now it's time for your kindness tip of the week. 
Thank you again, Ronan. You opened up the conversation to so many important topics, and it was a pleasure to learn from you. Definitely check out the organizations he mentioned here. I'm going to include some links in the show notes, and be sure to catch him on 911 Lone Star, which airs on Fox. In sticking with our episode theme, today's tip is to recycle. I know, I know, you've heard that since you were a kid, but it's vital. If you're sick of hearing it, there's one way where you don't even need to worry about recycling, and that's if you eliminate the amount of plastic you use and your waste. Reducing your carbon footprint is an act of kindness to the environment and everyone because this is our home. There's ways to make this fun, too, especially if you have little kids running around the house, which Cassie does because I am a kid. Take the one bag challenge. Get your family, your coworkers, whoever, to only produce one bag of trash per week. If you make the challenge, reward yourself with an ice cream party or pizza or... Yeah, didn't think you'd get away with not hearing me talk about food, did ya? <laughs> anyway, please be kind to the earth. In the same vein, if you're not feeling your best, as I've previously mentioned, I know September is a really hard month for people. I suggest going outside and taking in our planet's beauty. Take a walk on the beach. Go through the woods and tree bathe, as my grandma always tells me to do. I promise you that going to nature, literally to our roots, to the trees, always makes you feel better. If you try this or any of our previous kindness tips, which I encourage you to go back and listen to, please let us know on social media. We are at Art of Kindness Pod and at Rob Peter Paul on Instagram and would love to connect with you so we can continue to form our kindness community. Oh, audio hug. Until next time, remember, everything's going to be a-okay. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.